We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Are you coming to the Utah Meetup? I'm asking you right now, right yeah, up front. Yeah, you should come yeah. to the Utah Meetup. If you want to, look, it's a total a la carte thing. Go to our website, everydaydriver.com. We, we have just finished. Paul and I, you, you don't know this, but it always happens. Behind the scenes, before the podcast, we'll end up talking for like an hour and then realize Hours. we really have to go record. So here we are recording. <laughs> We've been spending the last hour talking about details for the pilgrimage trip, which is happening. It's going to be great. We've got a really wait. good group of people coming. Oh. That's going to be awesome. But yeah. before that even happens, though, that's when the Utah Meetup happens. It's like three weeks away. Yeah, we're actually shooting TV episode, our third Lemons race in Washington the weekend yes. prior to that. Then we come back. Have the Utah meetup, mm-hmm. then we're shooting one more episode for season five the week after that. No, it's, it's, it's sorry, and you're, then you're, we're you're not into it. You're not making it sound weird enough because here's the thing. <laughs> okay. Because here's the thing. Okay. The end of July, we are shooting episode one, or, or oh, it's not gotcha. the first episode, but it's the first episode we happen to be shooting and of season six. Right. Then we have the meetup with all of you guys. I hope you're coming. And again, it's a total a la carte thing. I'll come back to that. Then we go back to the end of season five to shoot. And then madness ensues, and we yes. it's going to be awesome. But this meetup is is really a what would you guys like to do? You can be a local, and you can just come for a couple things. You can come from out of town. Many of you have done mm-hmm. it before. You, mm-hmm. you rent a Turo. You hang out all weekend. We'll be at the race and drinks and hangout time. That'll be awesome. So you can be at the, at the track. After the actual uh, track day, we're going to be hanging out at the track, having a catered dinner. We're going to be watching the six-hour Enduro as the sun goes down. They do fireworks. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And then yeah. on Sunday, we do a, a an actual road tour, which is going to be really cool. On some of the roads you've seen us shoot, that's really cool. The Friday, if you come in Friday, everybody comes in at a different time Friday. There's a hiking adventure. There's a do. That's the key thing about these uh, Utah, not Utah, but even U.S.-based adventures. We try to make them very a la carte. We model them after this Utah event, which, of course, is our backyard. Mm-hmm. Come mm-hmm. see this cool place where we live. And it is actually summertime right now. Now. It's finally so you warm. Can, like, There's hang warm out. sun. It's yes. going to be awesome. So yes. please come. No, I would just like to reiterate that last year we didn't have really sign up for particular events necessarily. True. It was hard to keep. So I, a, I don't hard want that to, to keep, it. Yeah, I, I don't want that to keep people away from. No. If you're not, whatever, we'd love to see. It. Sixty-five mm-hmm. people come last mm-hmm. year, if you can believe it. And so the signups are growing. So thank you for that. So definitely come and and uh, yeah, join us for any of it, uh, all of it, whatever, uh, whatever suits all the your info. fancy. So. All the infos on the website. All Absolutely. the registrations on the website. There is a very minimal fee that is literally like an admin related fee that we are doing this year. So it's for organization. Track. It and totally that kind is. Of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Other than that, uh, yeah, we're we're very excited. The the July has been the lull right now, and then it's ramping up. Are you at a lull? In true, the true, back true. Half yes. of the year now. You're so absolutely I'm, right. Yep. My brain is past it already. If you you have. can believe that. You have for sure. Already in that. But season five, episode two is airing tomorrow. So that is Saturday morning. Yep. It is seven seat SUVs. So we actually pulled the big SUVs that we've never really driven and paid much no, attention no, to no, before. It's true. And it's along the lines of the lukewarm hatches that we did yeah. in downtown LA. Mm-hmm. And then we also drove sort of middle of the road SUVs in mm-hmm. season three. Yep. So that was in Colorado. And in, well, not inexplicably, but because of people actually wanting to either justify their purchase or know what to buy, mm-hmm. these episodes have become among the most popular. And it's think crazy. of our You're headspace right, yeah. going into the seven-seat SUVs. It's, mm-hmm. is there any driving fun to be had if and you have to own a seven-seat SUV? Absolutely. And you guys have actually asked us many times, I think I need seven seats, and that's debatable depending on who you are, but I think I need seven seats, and mm-hmm. I really don't want a minivan. The episode is actually titled No Minivans. 
So yeah, it is three yeah, yeah, very yeah. different SUVs. I know it sounds like we're off in the weeds from, hey, let's drive a fun sports car on a back road. You're right. You can't even see that from here. But we're bringing our normal headspace to these seven-seaters and talking about which ones, why, what's good, what's bad, mm-hmm. and more. We'd love to have you watching. Yep. All right. So just a, a moment of perspective for everyone. <laughs> you, you are going to share this, aren't you? Keep uh-huh. going. Dale sent us the listing from a recent sale of a Cadillac CTSV manual wagon that just sold on Bring a Trailer for $71,000. Yeah. Stop, stop, stop. Rewinding that. <laughs> that. That's a very cool car. It's a very cool car. $71,000. I, I would just like to... The moment of perspective, put this into perspective for everybody, that is more than my Cayman GTS is currently worth. I'll, Cadillac I'll, CTSV manual wagon or my Cayman GTS? Look, I love the CTSV manual wagon, but if we're talking family cars, ponder this, that, or a Quadrifoglio. Uh, Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio. Yeah. I would go Alpha all day long. Would you? I would I'm go Alpha all day just, long. Still just like 8% of me is still like, yeah, the reliability isn't going to... Is it going to be terrible okay, fine, or is it not? Fine, just, fine. It might be 7.5%, but still, there's that lingering like <laughs> I know. slice I of know. me is like, really? Is it going to really be good? I understand. I understand that. But but <laughs> 71000 It's a very cool car, but seventy one grand buys a lot of cars. We're talking a lot of brand new ones. Oh, yeah, for That's sure. almost two M2s. That's an M2 for yourself. <laughs> That's and an M2 a- and a half. <laughs> that, I like that. Can, can we get that badge? Can, we, can somebody please out there Track do M2 car? and then get little tiny numbers and just do a half? Because I don't even know what that's about. M2 but and a half. M2 and a half. That's actually what the competition pack is. It's the M2 and a half. It's almost <laughs> an M3. Anyway. Before we jump into the debates, there is one more piece of news here. The new C8 Corvette reveal is one week away. It mm-hmm. is being revealed in Tustin, California, mm-hmm. and then shown at another Concours d'Elegance the week after that. So... Chevy's ready. GM is ready to reveal so. finally Let's to the world. So. Yeah. And so we got an email from Philip Branscombe on June 16th, who was listening to an older episode. And when we were talking about Corvette becoming its own brand, he's wondering, why doesn't FCA make different brands or different levels of the Viper? Hmm. We all hmm. know the Viper's out of production. And then Paul D on Twitter was, uh, he actually sent something to your argument about yes. You know, slicing up the Corvette. That the Corvette brand. should be a should be a sub brand. I, yeah, I still well, stand by it, except for this photo. Yeah, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, there's a rendering of a Corvette SUV mm-hmm. floating around, mm-hmm. and I would just like to uh, lambast the the <laughs> artists currently producing all the concepts because now it's gone from sketches, hand sketches, yeah. to the Photoshop iteration where you're taking bits and pieces. Yeah, sure. And so the cars sure, sure. are out of perspective. Yeah. The rear tire are out of perspective if if you turn this thing from a side view then the hood would be 10 feet long yeah so the proportions are weird and i know that this is how you make your living is creating these but mark sterenberger back in the day if you remember your road and tracks from way back in the day okay, yeah. the man was hand illustrating and adding his own design flair to say mm-hmm. okay now so this is what the design flavor like? yeah. and then here's the future of that and he was actually designing and mm-hmm. then rendering it it wasn't just photoshop chunks of that panamera <laughs> and that front end of the new blazer which is a 
bloated iteration of the Corvette and yeah. cobble it all together so it has reflections and looks quote unquote real because no it doesn't it looks like garbage we're into your backyard now we're into your backyard now it's the exact same thing as somebody hacking together a poor edit and me going please stop this yes. it's the same kind of thing yes. we're in your backyard where a lot of people don't notice it this kind of stuff but you're looking at it going what is this thing and not, this. and not because the Corvette SUV is ugly because that rendering is ugly it's but ugly. you're actually talking about the way it was put together and you wish it was yes. done better I see that okay please right. because we all think, oh, Corvette SUV. Whoa, what is that yeah, thing? Yeah, that's Wh- honestly, what? honestly, this link. Just so you know, folks, this link's been sent to us four or five times. Yeah, I've yeah. clicked the link once. <laughs> once is enough. I've clicked it like it was a virus. <laughs> I clicked it the first time, and it and it scarred my eyeball so badly that I have taken a mental picture. This is how my brain works of what the URL is. So when the link keeps coming back, people are like, have you seen it? I'm like, no, 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 no. I can recognize that link. I just, the URL of it, I can recognize. I'm not not touching that again. Not clicking on that again. All right. So to answer your question, Philip, yes, FCA could do iterations of the Viper. Mm -hmm. They could do the same kind of thing. But the Viper's out of production because I think of sales. They had to fight for the third gen just Mm -hmm. to get it built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, they've kind of shoehorned them into... The naturally aspirated big engine. Well, I know they've got the supercharged Hellcat, but mm-hmm. just big engine, huge car. There's nothing that is nimble and lightweight. And if they came True. out with the the mini Fang or the baby Fang of the <laughs> Viper line or the something, <laughs> the Viperlet. The Viperlet. You know what they really should there have right now? It should be the Demon Viper. Yeah, the Demon they, Viper. Yes. How many of those would sell though? That is just you better be a hot shoe and you better extract everything out of this car on a weekly basis or it's just a paperweight sitting in your garage. Yeah, Come and, on. and then they do the, the turbo four-cylinder Viper that only has 400 horsepower and has a two-liter under the hood. But my gosh, it got like a 1,000 pounds lighter all of a sudden. I just, can FCA, can Dodge do lightweight? They, they certainly, can they do they lightweight? They certainly have picked a, a niche that is opposite of that. And even their, yeah. their latest Dodge Dart, which actually had a fantastic ad campaign, ended up not being a success and now is done again. So they've had a lot of trouble in the midsize to smaller cars of any kind and to the point that they have just embraced it and gone full on. If you want a traditional pickup feel or a traditional muscle car feel, th- this is what Mopar's for. This is what mm-hmm. Dodge is for. If that's what you want, they are killing it. The problem is there isn't any product depth there. There isn't anything else there. And I, th- yeah. and I think yeah. – at some point, they will be forced to make a transition. I think that transition is going to be difficult. I hope for the best because I like the thinking behind it, though. The thinking behind okay. it is okay. we are an American car brand, and this is what American cars are like. And everybody else has kind of skittered away from that. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, and even though I'm look, even though I'm not the guy that likes these kind of cars, I love that they exist, and I love that the that the commentary is, you know what. We're going to do this. Nobody else is doing this. True. Here's 700 horsepower you will never use yeah. in your family sedan. Well, that's just it. On the recommendation side of things, on this podcast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. have we ever recommended a Viper to anyone? Uh, that's, that may be the rare car that's never been recommended. That's a good point. It's a very good that point. That car Hellcats just, have been recommended. Hellcats have. Yeah, for sure. But it's just so – it's such a hammer. It is – the sledgehammer of all cars. It's just, it's a, it's a very, engine wearing it's a, very, a cape. It's a very unique buyer. You're right. Absolutely. I just, 
I can, for that reason, I can see why the Viper's not in production. Mm -hmm. And unless they electrify it, which they have claimed, Dodge is now claiming for the future of the Hellcat brand and the FCA brand under Dodge, it's it's all going to be electric. Okay, so let's pause for a while, and then we come back out with a smaller, lighter, it's electric, you know. Is it the Taser Viper? The Taser. It's uh, the Taser Viper. Uh, Don't it's tease go- me, bro. Folks, it's going to get worse. We really ought to move on before gonna, it actually does get worse. We're going to put here. more thought to this, more right, brain well, power to this. And I don't think I don't it's going to turn out any better, even if we Probably think about not. it. Yeah. So, yeah, they could, but it needs to be a, uh, a change, and they need to go entirely electric, like they're claiming, and then bring it back, and then hmm. let's see what fun electric rear-wheel drive front engine, quote-unquote. Mm. Yeah. I say that in quotes because yeah. of electric. Fun car. And then let's okay. see what the market is like. The electric viper. What would the howls of complaint be from the loyalists? Isn't that though? a song? Isn't that a country song or something? The electric viper, probably. I, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to think where that's from. It's Went floating around garage, in my head. My head. And, forget it. It's a whole other thing. But otherwise, do no Corvettes. Corvette SUVs. None. We Stop should. it with the Corvette. I still say the no. Corvette has an opportunity to have three different layers of sports cars. Cars, not SUVs. making a Corvette SUV. I, I, the, I'm, I'm okay with the Lotus SUV before I am the Corvette SUV. Wall Street Journal just came up with an article about mm-hmm. dealers saying, we have too many SUVs. Well, because there, look up this article. There's it's so just many now. Too many. Here's, here's the problem. There's Doesn't so many now one. that it's difficult for even dealers to differentiate. Why do we have this one and that one? You and I have a piece coming out soon, fairly soon, a fast blast piece on the Honda Passport. This is below the pilot. <laughs> you forgot that car existed, exactly. didn't you? Below the pilot, except for the fact that this is where all of the commercials are right now for kayaking and campfires and beanies. They're all about the Passport. <laughs> except Chance but, and I were like, now another SUV. What? What is it? It starts with a P. It's There's not the, the pilot. pilot. Which one is it? It's the passport. The CRV. Yes. The... It's below the pilot Wait. and above the CRV. It is the passport because apparently <laughs> that needed to exist. But but that is, but one of the discussions we have in that piece is this problem. There are so many of them now that manufacturers and dealers specifically are having trouble talking to buyers and just saying, oh, this one versus that one for this reason. Right, right. You've got to justify it. I mean, it's it's the same everything. It's many of the same parts. It's yes, and and size starts to be similar. It's it's really starting to get difficult in that regard. Think about think about the traditional <laughs> traditional now BMW lineup. Okay, you had different levels of sedans. They were yeah. defined by numbers. Yes, they've done the same thing with their SUVs, even though they've gone nuts on number of models. But same thing with their SUVs. We're now finding niches between niches of all car makers, mm-hmm. and so the the amount of overlap from one CUV model to another is becoming vast. Like 70% of that one is the same as this. It's just, what what do you buy and why? Which is why we're here. So let's do car debates. All right. We're jumping in for Patrick in Columbus, Ohio, who asks us, which set of keys today? This sounds like a first world problem. <laughs> sounds like a problem for people that listen to this show, honestly. <laughs> well, he owns an 07 GTI, an 07 BMW Z4 M Coupe. Hmm. One of the good ones. We like that car. And his wife has a least 2018 Escape. So we, okay. can, we know the, the Escape is going nowhere for right now. The Escape is the, is the family. Uh, right. It's the family SUV. All. Yeah, it is. All right. Mm-hmm. Such as it is. He's owned this GTI for almost eight years, mm-hmm. 130,000 miles. I'm surprised at 60,001 miles it didn't disintegrate into sawdust and oatmeal. Well, but that's only, that's, Amazing. That's only some of them. Well, okay. I will go back to the thing I've always said about the GTI. I've known tons of people that own GTIs. Most all of them love them. 
Mm-hmm. But if you if you line them up along a wall and you ask them questions, every other one would be like, "Mine's great." And the other one would be like, "Mine can't stay out of the shop." It's it's amazing right, how right. it's just person to person. It seems like it that that seems to be the discussion. He has driven this uh, heavily, we'll say, in city driving. For sure, occasionally yeah. autocross it, occasional track day. And he's owned the M Coupe for roughly a year, and he loves it. He said, I was only intending to put about a few thousand miles on it per year, but <laughs> a year later and 10,000 miles, he has Good. issues. He Good. intentionally picked it at his, as his pure sports car, and he wants to drive it all the time, but it's not great for city driving, and it wants to be driven at high speeds mm. all the time. Cool. Very cool. He said this replaced a Mustang GT, but he's, you know, compared to that car, mm. he wants more torque out of the BMW. Okay. His larger dog hates riding in it. <laughs> there was nobody in the design process that went, but for people with big dogs, there was no, that wasn't that wasn't on the if, board. Of anybody that should, it it would have been BMW. Well, fair. The kings but of that, niche. But this is why they built the X4 and X6. I want a sports car, but I need an SUV height, and I have a yes. large dog. We have a car for you. It's now called a truck. It's now an SUV. We call it the X4. Come right this way. All right, so the the headline here is that he's gotten a company car. He moved to a different position at work. Mm-hmm. He's got the corporate car. Very cool. Okay. And it's his to take home every night. It can be used for light errands, and it is a crossover. We don't know what that car is because he did not let us know. But that's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It's, it's totally relevant yes. because that's the thing. He ha- now has another car that can just do car duty, but the problem created here is he has two, from his perspective, fun cars at home, the GTI and the Z4. But then the but, daily is yeah. now the car provided by work. So when are either of those two going to be driven? Right. So he walks outside in the morning, and he's got four cars to choose from. <laughs> Honey, I'm taking the – I now, I don't uh, know. I have no idea. <laughs> All right. So what's happening is he's thinking, well, my car collection might be too much, mm-hmm. even though that is – counterintuitive to the words car collection. Well, but yes. It's always supposed to be growing. Yes, it's always supposed to be growing. You always have, if if you listen to this show, you probably either currently have or are thinking about (laughs) buying one more car than you have garage and and, and space for. Car cover. That's how it works. Get a car cover. Yes, Covercraft can get you solved for most of that as long as you have a place to park it. Well, yeah, that's important. Some of us are even battling with that. I don't even have parking spaces (laughs) left, let alone space outside of the garage. That shouldn't stop you. It shouldn't stop us, but yet money in that does stop us. So, right. so this is the question: is he's thinking about maybe selling both of these cars, the GTI yeah. and the Z4, yeah. to give him some money to get one car that, let's be honest, is the do it all from the perspective of fun, and is the occasional little bit more utility that he's had in the GTI. This is a merging of all these worlds, so that he only has the company car and the I own that one, and I think it's fun. This is a massive conundrum here, Patrick. It is. It is. Listen to this. His budget is around Mm $35,000 if he sells both cars. Okay. Okay. So he's got now the Escape for his wife, the company SUV, Mm -hmm. and then what? But the paradox here is that whatever else you get will also not be driven, just like your two current cars are not driven because you're... Using the company car for everything. Mm-hmm. It's as not going driven be. as much. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do here? Mm-hmm. Does he actually spend 35000 He mentions the M2 because come, you know, later this year, early next, what about getting an M2 when they've really dropped to high 30s? Yeah, they're already. I mean, forty grand can get Maybe. you an M2. So but that M2 is now going to sit. It is, but, but it... 
he's looking at it as the best of all worlds to merge the things he liked about the GTI, which is commutability, if you will, with the fun-to-drive capabilities of the Z4, but yet more space. He's seeing that M2. And and I actually follow your logic here completely. Patrick, I think you're on to something with the M2. I really do. I see how that merges your worlds. Now, to Paul's point, it's still not going to get driven that much unless you decide, I'm not putting miles on the company car today. I'm taking my own personal car. How often will that happen? I don't know. That has to be deliberate. Yeah. So if you're going to get another car and it's also going to sit, here's my different thinking for you. And and I I have not fully addressed the dedicated autocross or track car because you said it's occasional, but that does exist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At first, I was thinking, how about just a dedicated track car? Oh, sure. Use half that budget. Embrace it. I see You've got the Escape, yeah. the track car, and the company car. And so company any high-speed driving... Company car is a CUV. What's its tow rating? Get a trailer. Tow your track car. Done. Actually, With the, the other half car. of the budget is there the trailer. Go. Trailer. Perfect. Done. Huh. We've solved it. Patrick, thanks for writing. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing good work here now. We really are. You could go in the save your money for something more expensive. Mm-hmm. Keep driving the company car. Save your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But whatever more expensive thing you get, it will also sit. Fair, fair. So if it's going to be a car that sits, what is a car that's stuck in your craw as a kid? Mm, what is a car that got in your skin? What sticks now? Yeah, I see. Yeah. Does it even have to be fast? What if we mm. went back in time? Mm. If we're getting a car that is kind of rare, kind of expensive, and just fun and awesome to have that doesn't get driven that much, why don't you chase an E-Type Jag? Ooh, wow. Why don't you chase an 83 Porsche 911 SC? Why don't you go chase the moment in time cars from 2011? You're a BMW guy. How about a BMW 1M instead of an M2? Yeah, yeah. What if he that push sat the in your up, garage? That it, and, and that would maintain its value when it sat there. It's true. The point is, with all this bring a trailer madness going on these days. <laughs> <clears throat> it's, it's warping us. It's Cadillac not a good thing. wagons yeah. for $71,000. It's not a good thing. It really isn't, yeah. My point is, going back in time, what is the car? Sift through your memory. Mm, the car that mm. just stuck out to you and you thought, man, it'd be great to own one, but I don't know about maintenance. I wouldn't want to drive it all the time. You don't have to now. Yeah, You've got the SUV. Yeah. You can take that sitting car out on the weekends, Interesting. put the okay. dog, go on the road trip with your wife. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm interested in, but I don't know what that is for you. Mm, interesting. I, I mean, I'm taking you in a different direction, I think, probably, sure. than you were thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is. So I'm huh. I'm thinking older. I'm thinking, you know, 70s, 60s, something that just okay. really you yeah. loved, but you can't rely on, and therefore you would need another car. That's already solved. Yeah, but you don't. Yeah, you don't have that problem. That's great. So I like I'm that. Loving like a I don't know. You're you're, ask, or the, you're asking him to chase the car. That he was like, I've always wanted one of those, and then yeah. you always put it aside. Yeah, that car. Yeah, that's the one I'm okay. trying to All get. Right. Yeah, it's and the that's question unclear behind here. the question. I see that. Yeah, know? for sure, for sure. Okay, so Patrick, when you decide on that, I'd love to know. Yeah, I have uh, that. That's very cool. I, I would love you to send back to us what car that instantly sparks because I bet you already, Patrick, you have thought of one. Paul mentioning that has got you thinking of a car right now. I know it. I, know I it don't has. know what that is. We want to know what it is. Yeah. I like your M2 solve here. Now, it's not going to get driven a ton. I, I fully agree with you on the one impulse. I thought, all right, I'm looking at a $40,000 budget. You're going to have to have 50 plus for the one M. Hang out the a 1M, Save your money. The one M is going to hang on to that value mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and is, I believe, more fun than the M2. Now, the M2 is great. I think you would thoroughly enjoy the M2. The other yeah. question I have is, since you've now gained, because we all need this, since you've now gained another SUV in your life, <laughs> how often does the dog need to be transported in this additional car? Oh. 
you haven't well, really maybe they take the dog because it's family member. Yeah, you haven't really talked about how often the big dog goes. And you also haven't said how big the dog is because you said it would fit in the back hatch of the Z4, which, by the way, isn't large. True. Good it's point. okay, but it's Good not point. large. Okay. So I thought, all right, let's get a car that if you decided to take it to work today, great. No problem. If you decided to put the dog in the back, is everybody happy? We're not thrilled, but we're okay. Okay. But yet, if you want to track it this weekend, or you want to drive it for fun, or you want to take your wife out at night, all of the above. Okay. All right. The 997-911. That's a brilliant choice. 05 to 2011-2012. The later you go, the, or let me put it another way, the newer you go, the newer model year you go, the more you get out of the IMS stuff. Ideally, you want, what is it, 09, 2010 and up to mm-hmm. technically get out of mm-hmm. IMS. But who cares? Look, who cares? Get, get a 997.1, which is the first half of that generation. Get that one. Uh, an 06 and 07 yeah. for your budget. Yeah, it has those small yeah. back seats. And the problem, the problem with the back seats in that generation 911, look, I prefer that gen and, and later, um, pardon me, and earlier models because I don't like how big the 991 and 992 have gotten. Sure, okay? sure. But the problem is those back seats are pretty tight for humans. But <laughs> Always have been, yes. The dog standing in the back, how often does the dog need to go, first off? And I think the dog would be okay. Plus, you haven't said how big a dog. I mean, you know, you're dealing with barking right next to your ear. Totally, right there. yeah, yeah. My, awesome. my dog does that. It's fantastic. It's why I can't hear any better than I can. <laughs> anyway, but there's that. So it, Paul's been on the phone with me, and when my dog has yelped, and I think I've damaged Paul's hearing yeah. by proxy. Oh, the warble, it's a separate is thing. Yeah, it's a totally strange. separate thing. But how often does the dog need to go? How big is the dog? Now, if you've got a 200 pound dog, I would have hoped you would have mentioned that. But I really think that 911 checks all the boxes in the same way the M2 does. But I think it goes an extra step to being a little bit more special. Mm-hmm. Which makes it work. Maybe it's a 1980 Pontiac Trans Am with a fire chicken on the hood. If that's what you've, if, if that seriously, <laughs> I, I no, I love your thinking Maybe here, Paul. If, I do. If it's if it's like oh, I'm slightly embarrassed, no. If it's a car that you love it's, and you want to yes. own, you have permission to go do it's that. It's the first time now where you, the car doesn't have to do anything other than make you just grin and giggle that that's my car. That's right. What, that's all it has to do. Right. It's a great point. I really do like that. <laughs> Cadillac Alante from the early 90s. That's what we all want. Maybe a Cimarron if we really, Ooh, really, yeah. Cimarron. We really want the Cimarron. Those were sweet. Mm. Yeah, they were special. I haven't said that word for a couple of decades. We're often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately, you can enter all your parameters for the car you're looking for into Auto Tempest one time, and then you can search for them all at once. See results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more. Or you can jump to AutoTrader or CarGurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. AutoTempest.com has got you covered there all at once. AutoTempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at AutoTempest listen to this podcast, and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're listening to what their users need. So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease, as we are all the time, autotempest.com is your place to start. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs. 
Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We're back with John writing to us from Pittsburgh. He is a neophyte car enthusiast. This is one of those emails that I like so much. I talked about it on the last podcast Mm. where John kind of liked cars. (laughs) <laughs> kind of thought cars were kind of cool. Yeah. And then he started yeah. looking, and this is how, it, honestly, John, this out happened to me. I started shopping for the first car that I was like, I've always wanted one of those. And along the way, he's watching YouTube videos and reading articles, and he finds our stuff, and now he's listening to the podcast, and he has gone fully overboard, <laughs> infected with a massive case of the car disease, and I love this. Totally awesome. John, welcome to the madness. He's a father of a seven-month baby boy. Congratulations. And they celebrated Father's Day weekend together by watching the 24 Hours of Lamar. Now, the great thing awesome. about a newborn and the 24 Hours of Lamar is you're going to be up a lot anyway. <laughs> You're awake. (laughs) Something's going to be on in the background, and it doesn't matter what it is. From a baby perspective, they don't don't register anything other than the fact that something's on. I watched very inappropriate stuff when my son was really young. (laughs) Like action movies and that kind of thing? Stuff that it was like like bloody, gory stuff that he couldn't see it. He wasn't watching it. Sure, sure. So it didn't matter. And then you reach that phase where now everything's got to go like really kid safe. Right. And now we're climbing out of that again, which is nice. But you're in that phase where, yeah, you're up for 24 hours. Anyway, watch 24 hours living. Cars are kid safe. It's awesome. All right. So he wants to thank us and curse our names at the same time for contributing to this newly diagnosed disease. He discovered the show and listened to 114 of the podcast episodes. That's awesome. And now 115. Yeah. Welcome. (laughs) John, thank you a million. So we're debating here the, uh, the garage because... It currently consists of a 2015 Grand Cherokee Summit, which yeah, is the yeah. fully loaded Grand Cherokee, yep. a 2018 Honda Accord Touring, mm-hmm. and they're waiting for the 2020 Kia Telluride to arrive, and the Grand Cherokee sale will go towards that payment. Cool okay. car, actually. But that's actually one of the ones on our SUV episode. It on, is. Uh, tomorrow, on Saturday. See the tie-in? Yes, well done. See how that nice all done. Nicely done. Yeah, 2020 Telluride is in that episode, which is yep. pretty cool. Yep. All right. So the problem is with the Accord. It was initially purchased as a practical commuter that would fit he and his wife, who are both tall. Mm-hmm. He is six foot four, two 265 pounds, and she's five foot ten, and he wouldn't dare mention her weight. Good man, John. <laughs> Good man. You are happily married. Bravo. <laughs> He also is interested in tracking, and he lives about 20 minutes from a local track. We don't That's know cool. what it is. That's cool. But he did drive a 911 GT3 at the local Extreme Experience, which has infected him further. I'm and sorry. No, off the deep honest, end. honestly, go. I'm sorry. The, the, the 911 <laughs> GT3 is, is – that's a problem car. For you oh. to drive. Oh, I see, yes. For, for you to drive when you're kind of interested in cars mm-hmm. because it's it's really well buttoned down. I mean, you and I drove it on the ring and on the pilgrimage, okay? Yeah, we, yeah. we each did a lap in that car on the ring. And the entire time I had two overwhelming thoughts. One, well, by the way, it had just finished raining, which is also oh, yeah. not what you want to have happen. Watch yeah, exactly. that film. But, but besides that, I kept thinking the entire time, one, um, I'm not even touching this car. Yeah, right. And then right. right behind it, I'd like to do a couple hundred laps in this car, and I can't possibly afford it. This no is the problem kidding. with the GT3 and that kind of experience. It's going to be so buttoned down on the track and so capable that the amount of money and time you have to spend to get back there, it's kind of infected you in a bad direction. But we've got to try to help you join these worlds. All right. So he's ridding the family of the Accord, needs to replace it with something that works with a child seat in the back, mm-hmm. and... 
can do a 30-mile commute. Now, I'm assuming there's some traffic in your commute. I'm hoping it's not just crazy stop and go. We don't know yeah, the uh, the Pittsburgh area traffic too well, or but I can't imagine is, yeah. it's amazing. However, we hope there's that it's moving, okay? Because mm-hmm. that does tie into my choice for you. Okay. It's working with a $50,000 equal budget for both of us. Yes, but he wants to split it. Two cars, a daily and a track car, or mm-hmm. get one car. He's open to one car that can do both. Yes, but he's thinking it's probably going to be a what's my commuter and what's my fun car. Probably, probably. He's looking at Stinger GTs. Okay. He said this could be a good option alongside a 350Z or a 370Z for the track, but then, you know, he says, am I breaking the rules? That's another key in the garage. <laughs> and then you could take a photo of your new Telluride and your new Stinger GT and send it to Key and be like, I'm your biggest fan, and they'll you, send you, you a keychain or something. Could, they'll, they'll probably send you nothing, but they'll ask to put your photo somewhere and give you totally. a hashtag. Yeah. I like that. And he also has an interest in an M3 or maybe an M2. So he's open here. Mm-hmm. Now, the PS down here, the postscript says he does not know how to drive a manual. I noticed this. <clears throat> yet, but he's working on fixing this character flaw. <laughs> he might have to pay a Turo owner. And could you pay a Turo owner for an extra lesson? I don't know. It's going to really depend on that owner. Isn't that like, you know, trying to teach your wife to ski or your wife trying to teach you to do anything, yeah. you, you should probably have somebody else do it, right? You shouldn't have... It's it's going to be really difficult to tell the Turo. I, I would think, telling somebody on Turo, you have a manual transmission. I don't know how to drive a manual transmission. Can I pay you and you teach me? You're pretty much just saying, I'd like to try to really damage your clutch. Can I pay you some money for that? I mean, that's really what we're talking <laughs> that about. Won't nearly equal the damage and I'm I going can't to do imagine, to And I can't imagine that most Turo owners are going to be like, let's do that. <laughs> sure, let's... I, I, I wonder. I do turn wonder, my yeah. clutch into asbestos dust. Yeah, I mean, the Please. thing is that, that uh, honestly, and the kind of car you want to learn on, I think is probably not going to be too easy to find on Turo with a manual. Because you want to learn on something like mm-hmm. a Golf mm-hmm. or a Civic or something like this. Most of the versions of that that are going to be on Turo are going to be automatics because that's the thing that's going to rent. It's easy. Pin the throttle, sidestep the clutch. <laughs> Leave black streaks. What could, what could possibly go wrong? The other thing we have to keep in mind here is we are looking for a tall person's car. Yes. He and his wife are tall enough that, I mean, for example, the obvious answer when you say, I want to buy a cheap track car, say it with me, everybody, Miata. Okay, Except true. Except not true. here. Not here, yes. Because I can't fit. You can't, don't fit very well. Not very well. So no. John's out. He can't fit in that car. $50,000 budget. Yeah. Got me thinking. I like your Stinger idea. It, it'll fit you guys. Yeah, it'll it's be plenty solid. of space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent commuter car. What about once you learn how to drive manual, okay. a Civic Type R? Okay. Because sure. people will see a crazy, hot-looking Civic Type R with a child seat in the back and go, that dad is cool. It's a do-it-all for sure. For sure. You could do whatever you want with that car. It's, it's great. got the it's really comfort good. mode, yep. and it's excellent on the highway. It just It's another Honda, yes, but then mm-hmm. it has this weird personality lurking way down inside. When you get on it, mm-hmm. and then you've, you know, you've got your shifter at that point, it's an impressive sports car. Here's the thing. That rides much better than it has any business to. It's a great point. It's got those 19s, which what looks like painted on rubber tires. I think it might be rattle can tires. They it might. They might be rattle can them tires. On the wren. And yeah. yet, when we drove it, we were all surprised by how well it rode. And not like it's unbelievable. It wasn't one of those. Well, this rides surprisingly well for a car that rides terribly. It wasn't that. <laughs> it wasn't that. It <laughs> all was the cars it that was, ride terribly. Seriously, it, we, were, the we were genuinely driving it, going. Why does this ride this well? Yeah. We'd get out and look at the tires and be like, what, these magic tires? What's going on? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I'm looking at this because it's a Civic. 
Yeah, sure. It's a sure. Civic. Come on, it's a Civic with this crazy, angry engine buried mm-hmm. way up at 5,500 RPM. Lovely. Cool. Just a suggestion. And then for the other $20,000, $15,000, I was initially thinking Cayman. It will fit a tall person. The first Cayman that they I had had the tall man mod on the seat. Mm-hmm. Okay. The owner I bought it from was 6'5, I think. Mm hmm. And I was initially thinking that, but you mentioned track. And I want something that isn't going to cost you money because you've got a growing family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about an 86? How yep. about an 86? That is the big Better man than sports the Miata car. for fitting. It's the big man sports car. Absolutely. It's I've got surprising. For that reason. Because you're, you're going to think, well, that interior just looks way too small until you put the seat all the way back, mm-hmm. get comfortable, and you're going to be surprised. Mm-hmm. For 15 grand, you can find them all day long. Yep, yep. That is your just... Wow, fun car, crazy. Completely. It'll run. You can do things to it. You cannot do things to it. Yes. It's just cheap, fun, lightweight car to go have fun with. It is the big man sports car. You can't get in a Miata. (laughs) Which sounds crazy. Seriously, you can't get in a Miata. You can fit in the 86. Now, please don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can bring Shaq along and put him in an 86. He's going to be comfortable. It's not ridiculous. But Mm -hmm. when you have Mm -hmm. people like us, guys over six feet tall, you can fit in this car. Absolutely. And it's not, it's, you're not in pain fitting in this car. Yeah. So that, I, I'm glad you have, I have it on it for the exact same reason. Do you really? Yeah. Because it's, it's the Miata alternative. What do you want to do? You want to have a, a inexpensive, I hate to say it this way, but an inexpensive borderline throwaway car as your fun car slash track car. Yeah. Kind which of. Which is why Miatas are so perfect because they're great when they're new and they're awesome when they're used and you can just take them and track them and it doesn't cost you much. Yeah. But if yeah. you don't fit, you have a totally different problem. And to go further, if you don't fit well, you may have a problem even getting that car on track. Well, you've got to be comfortable, first of all, to focus on driving and learning track driving. But I'm driving. talking regulations and roll well, cages true, and very that true. kind of stuff. But you've the, got to be The 86 solves position. all of this if yeah. you're a big guy. It is amazing. So that's where I'm going for you. Like I said, yep. I love the Stinger idea, but Civic Type R, because it's such a dichotomy of, well, you're a new father. What? You drive an actual fun car? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It works. That's cool. That's cool. I like it. I like it. I was shopping in the in similar range. Obviously, the the eighty six for roughly fifteen, leaving me with about thirty five or so. Now, look, all of this is uh, is wiggle prone because you, you may people were talking about it just this week. Somebody wrote us and said, I, well, "Guys, I'm telling you what car I got. I told you my budget was fifteen grand. I got this great car and it's been eighteen five. There it is again. Mm-hmm. People, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we all kind of do this. We justify and we go. That's really the car I want. So your fifty might become sixty. I'm not. I'm not actually spending sixty, but I'm just saying, where is the dividing line? I think that eighty six is going to cost you around fifteen or so, but you might find it for thirteen. Sure. Who knows? Sure. I have two sedans I want to recommend to you. Okay. Before I get there, though, in the, in the two car scenario, I want to do the one car scenario real quick. I was thinking oh, about okay. one car for you for fifty and spending yeah, all of fifty. One car. You could shop M two. Easy. Easy. You would thoroughly enjoy that car. You would fit in that car. It would be great on commuting. It would be great uh, on the track. You're talking BMW track consumables now. That could get expensive quick. Tires are going to be expensive. Brakes are going to be expensive. So maybe, maybe step down Hmm. to the M240. You wouldn't even spend 50 grand. Great car. And it's a better commuter because it doesn't have quite as uh, crazy of an engine. Sure. So sure, you probably yeah. get better gas mileage out of it. Still very fun. These have got the these have got good automatic transmissions. They do, yeah. Okay, so if you want to, yeah, if you want to go that direction, you aren't for you sure aren't for learning sure. to drive stick now. That is the downside. But if we were chasing a single car, I go there. Back to the two car. I know I'm being a little schizophrenic here, but back to the two car. The eighty six I like for you as buy a cheap track car. 
that would just run. I mean, look, you could go cheap 944s and you go this kind of route, but sure. I don't know what there's yeah. going to cost to keep them running. The yeah. 86 is just going to run. Yeah. Okay. So cheap 86, one of the following two, okay. probably a year or so old, Okay. but the Alpha Julia TI Sport. I was wondering. Okay. Okay. It's a four cylinder. The it sport, gets halfway yeah. decent gas mileage. Yeah. It isn't the quadrifolio. It has a fantastic chassis to drive. It is a nice looking, classy, genuine, large person's four door. Yeah, yeah. But it's great to drive. It's great to drive. Yeah. That, or you don't want another key in the garage. What about a Genesis G70? I think it drives better than the Stinger. (laughs) Do you really? I think it drives better than the Stinger. I do. Interesting. It's a little bit smaller. You don't have the big hatch. A touch. It's a little bit smaller, but you're going to fit. You would easily fit in that. That would be a great choice, too. And and the problem problem with the the G70 compared to the Stinger is backseat room. But we're dealing with a seven-month-old. They're new enough where I think the G70 starts around 37, 38. So you're yeah. going to be pushing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that encroaches a little bit where's, in both directions. Where's the wiggle room? You yeah. know, that's, that's why I'm asking the question. But yeah. the G70 is a lot of car. I it's think a compelling it is a car. better car than the Stinger for your needs because I think it is a little, more, a little smaller and better to drive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great commute car. Nice, genuinely nice car to be in. We've got that coming up in an episode two. Yeah. Yeah. But I like one of those sedans for you because here's the thing. Both of those are grown up. I'm a father. I took this seriously sedans that are also fun. <laughs> I took fatherhood seriously, seriously. sedan. Exactly. <laughs> but they're also fun. Yeah, they're great. They're and then great. you have the just fun car for the sake of fun car on the side. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Something you don't have to pay too much attention to. Love it. All right. Thank you guys for writing. If you've got your own debate, Everyday Driver TV at Gmail. And honestly, I say this. We love hearing from you guys. Definitely. The good news is if we don't get your to your debate up front, you can always take the information that you learn from us on the mm-hmm. podcast and that you figure out and that hopefully hey, yeah. we learn from you guys too, big time. Mm-hmm. But take that and then you say, Okay, I've bought something and you guys might have chosen this. This is what I bought. Send that email to us, and we can include it in car conclusions too. It d- mm-hmm. Just because we don't debate the car doesn't mean you can't send us your own car conclusions. We love hearing those as well, and we are trying to feature those more consistently because you guys are writing to us. Yeah, please reference the podcast number if we do please, your debate. Please do. Yes, it is very helpful. The podcast number about the date when you wrote your email, and uh, you know the pertinent information and what we suggested to you. That's mm-hmm. very helpful, so we can let the audience know. And uh, yeah, keep writing your own debates because people buy new cars and then we we start to have multiple people writing back we have done their debate they've had the car have had it long enough now this is how long the podcast has been <laughs> going on now, now that we're they've had it. the car two or three years yeah. and now they want to get rid of and it now it's and say yeah. guys what's next so it's debate number two those emails are coming in which is <laughs> wonderful right. so You're boring right. that it's it's a whole circle of life happening right now on the car debate podcast <laughs> it yeah. is. it's amazing all right jump into social media questions Awesome, guys. This is amazing. You guys are killing on questions. Facebook on uh, over here, Danny Bond asks that, uh, you know, why don't we wear driving gloves? He's noticed we don't wear driving mm-hmm. gloves in a lot of our videos. Are we opposed to it or is it just a certain time and place sort of thing? Mm. It is very much that. I, To be honest, unless you're, you know, an octogenarian and you drive your Jaguar E-Type on Sundays with the scarf and the cap and the goggles, we don't wear gloves. I would... Much rather wear gloves. I don't know anybody that does wear gloves for normal driving. There's fair, many track fair. videos yeah. of people not wearing gloves. Mm-hmm. I think it's a feel issue. And unless you're on track in a racing scenario where you need Nomex, that's when you're wearing gloves. Yeah. And you will see in our Lemons race, 
not only is it required, but it's a smart thing to do. Well, and you also see the other side of the equation. There are those folks out there that you bought the streetcar with all of the fun options, including Alcantara, everything. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to get your steering wheel slimy. So now when you drive oh. your fun car, you put on gloves. To, and sometimes they're even like race gloves because you want them to match the Alcantara for the grip. And the, uh, this, is a, this is a precious bridge too far for me. They're distracting to me. I, I want to just get in and drive. Yeah. Yeah. But I just I feel sure. like they're distracting even on a, you know, kind of a high speed situation. They, I just, I, they, I'm thinking great. about my hands more than I am about driving. Yeah, that's interesting. That interesting. Point. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Christ- Christopherson wrote in on Facebook, is the Veloster N better for bigger guys than the Fiesta ST and the Mini S? A couple of things. First off, our, our shooter, Edgar, mm-hmm. shoots for us. He's yeah. been shooting with us forever. He is the lone less than six foot guy among us. Yes. Okay. Yes. He's about five nine. Okay, he's a normal-sized person. Yep. He's working with a bunch of trees, okay? He has <laughs> said to me on more than one occasion when we've had Fiesta STs on set and we're all raving about it, including Chance, who's also tall, that it's a big man's car. Mm-hmm. That everybody mm-hmm. he knows that loves that car is over six feet tall. The Fiesta ST does a really good job of fitting big guys. Having said that, I think the Veloster Inn is of the same uh, progression, Evolution, as you, if you will, of front-wheel drive cars as the Fiesta ST. I think they feel related. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it is a larger car. So I think you would be more comfortable in the Veloster N than you are in the Fiesta, than you would be in the Fiesta ST. I also just think it's the next class up in just size in general. So I think you would, it would feel – I don't know that your driving position is any better. That's the weird thing. I don't know that your driving room is better, sure. but I think you're huh. going to feel like you have more room because the car itself is larger, and it's a great car to drive. Mm, fair enough. Drew V on Facebook asks, who are worse liabilities to other drivers on the road, zip cars or bird scooters and their <laughs> ilk? Well, think wow. about this. Room think about cyclists. Be think careful about cyclists, here. Be road careful. cyclists, who act like they're cars. Yes. And I kind of get upset because they're not road legal. They don't have lights. They don't usually signal with their hands, and they don't have lighted signals. And they're out there with big trucks and cars, and I'm concerned for their safety. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because you're just not expecting to see a cyclist in your left turn lane. Mm. I don't care if you're a pro. I don't care anything. You shouldn't be doing this. And I see cyclists doing it all the time, and they have the right of way when they're doing this. It's just not very smart <laughs> right because away. people aren't looking tiny, for you. Yeah. You and I were on a on – and honestly, honestly, a lot of the roads where we shoot are also roads that are good for road bikers to drive, to, to ride. And mm-hmm. so we are very mm-hmm. careful. Mm-hmm. We are very careful road yeah. bikers because you guys are having fun out there. We want to be very careful. You're riding around on a you know quarter inch of rubber. We want to, we want to give you plenty of room and we're really, Absolutely. really diligent about this. On the other end of the spectrum, when we drive these roads, we see all kinds of road bikers. This is not an anti-road biker rant. By not the way. at all. This is not much more contended as a public service. When when they ride aware that there's cars, there's never a problem. There are some riders that ride because I'm riding here and cars should just figure out the world around me. Sure. We came over a blind corner rise on one of our shoots, oh. and there was a guy stopped straddling his bike standing in the middle of... Yeah. Of the lane while his partner was off the side of the road. His partner was off the side of the road taking a photo of a flower. Oh. But he was in – I'm not even saying like kind of. He was broadside straddling his bike having a drink of water. And I just thought – Yeah, man. I don't care how fast you're going. We had plenty of time to get around him. Please don't get me wrong. Nothing bad happened. But we all just kind of – we almost pulled to a stop as a crew. We almost pulled to a stop because we were just like, what is going on here? Yeah. Blind corner over a rise. You're standing in the middle of the road. 
Well, Drew, think about this. You're in a parking lot. You go to the mall. And when you're parking, you want all those pesky people to get out of your way so you can drive down the lanes of parking. But then when you get out, suddenly you want all the cars to get out of your way because you're walking into the store. We're being entitled now. Okay, yeah, yes. that's what we got. Okay. So your point is those share the road signs apply equally to road bikers and us drivers. I absolutely want to share the road with bikers. But shouldn't the bikers try to be cool to the cars too? Because it's da- it's more dangerous for them. True. It's true, more true, of yeah. a liability for them and the scooter folks and the birds and the limes and the all that stuff. I think they're a liability to themselves. If you get on those scooters and you haven't ridden a scooter mm. since you were a kid, I don't yeah. know, no helmet, you're just zipping along and you flip-flops and you hit a bump and you go flying. I've read now articles about the the incidents in ERs. Mm, mm. There's more scooter accidents now than anything. Yeah. Well, it's because most people that I see riding a scooter aren't dressed to fall off a scooter and they aren't wearing a helmet. <laughs> Is anybody ever dressed to fall off? But, a scooter? but you see my point though. You <laughs> yes. see my point though. You know. Yeah. It's it's the, it's the guy that wears running shorts and flip flops and no helmet to ride his motorcycle. He's right. not prepared for anything to ever go wrong in the history of the world. Okay, right, right. the people that are riding riding a scooter, a bird scooter, or whatever, in general, they're not the least bit prepared for anything but smooth sailing, and it's all going to work. <laughs> you know that, that man. That is one crazy getup you got there, fella. Yeah, I'm not saying leathers for the even though even though we should do that. Where are you going? You and I should ride <laughs> lime scooters and bird scooters in full leathers with our. We should wear our race gear and do that. Totally, no max. Just would make on, me laugh for the sheer on sake the of scooters. it. Scooters. Anyway, I have two related comments on uh, Facebook. That was quite an off-topic off rant. I'm sorry. Uh, Matthew wrote in, and so did Aries wrote in, on similar sides of the same question. Matthew wrote in and said, Am I crazy? I have a relatively reliable 500 Abart, fairly re- recent car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He loves it, but he's thinking about getting rid of it to get himself an 80s, his description, 80s clapped-out sports car that's barely holding itself together because he'd like to go <laughs> to a raw car that he's not sure if he's going to make it to work or not. So it's like really involving, like he's completely obsessed with okay. how is it. Okay. And Aries writes in with the exact opposite. He had an Evo <laughs> right. 10 that he sold, right. uh, pardon me, Evo 8 that he sold. He had an FRS uh, that was turbocharged that he sold. Now he has a bone stock S2000. The reason he has a bone stock S2000 is because the other cars were a constant sweat fest for is this going to make it or not, or is something going to blow up today? Mm-hmm. Guys... <laughs> can can we swap somehow here? The the, the thing, you, the biggest sweat, thing I have at some point on this it. podcast. The biggest that may be the end. We may be like podcast four hundred and seventy <laughs> something, and somebody swaps pink, pink slips, and you just hear the door, and Paul's gone. But the podcast is over apparently because that's happened. No, anyway, I, no, I'd want more of those. The thing about it, Matthew, is does your life allow you to not make it somewhere? Hmm. And how soon does that joy wear off? Because Aries has clearly, clearly gotten there. He's gotten to the place where I want a fun car, but it needs to work, which is why he has a bone stock S2000, okay? so that But he's missing power because he's tuned everything he's ever had. So the bone stock S2000 is fun and works and reliable. By the way, that S2000 is not a new car, but that shows their reliability, that he just drives it and it's the car that just runs. But he's missing okay. it. He's wanting to tune it for power. Okay. We have Matthew over here going, the 500 Abarth is fun, but it just always works. What if it didn't work sometimes? What if I get something old that barely <laughs> works? Spice it up with You not have to working. figure out your tolerance level, and you have to figure out there is nothing, I think, in car driving more stressful than I might not make it because this car might die. That is stressful. Mm. 
And in traffic, it's worse. So you have to figure out your tolerance level. And Matthew, I want you to be just very careful if you go down this route, what is your backup plan? Because if you get something that truly becomes unreliable, now what do you do? <laughs> In Aries' case, you buy something reliable. All right, on Instagram, Geese1RBM writes to us. He said his wife recorded a show for him last night with David Hasselhoff. <clears throat> Funny, I saw this. Explaining how the car from Knight Rider kit introduced automotive design mm -hmm. or influenced automotive mm -hmm. design. He hasn't watched it yet. Please tackle this. But do you think it's true that fictional cars can influence automotive design and features in the real world? And since you wrote, I am going to ruin it because it is Car Week on History, and I did catch that section, as a matter of fact. Did you? Awesome. I love it. I just had the TV on, and I went, what? What's this? Car Week on History? And, of course, it's David Hasselhoff being very campy on camera, driving Kit around town. <laughs> Versus Ugh. all the times he hasn't been very campy on Ugh, camera. Super That's cheese. That's a big part of his career. Super yeah. cheese. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So he went to Art Center College of Design in Pasadena, which is my alma mater, because one of the original uh, producers of the show was also an Art Center grad and designed the interior of Kit. But one of the features they conceived in that one week before they had to start building and then filming was the car that drove itself. Mm -hmm. And here we are now very much talking about real cars mm -hmm. that drive themselves. Interesting, okay. Now, that is obviously more of a feature, not necessarily design, but the the extra information that they conceived in kit now is very much an issue. It's a good thing and a distraction in modern cars. Mm -hmm. When you drive a car that is kind of bare bones and doesn't have any nav and it's like an 80s car, you're, well, really? This is all you get to do is just drive? <laughs> Where's all the screens and all the information and all the cool stuff? Whereas conversely, Mercedes with their M bucks system, MBUX system, yes. there's there's an overload of mm -hmm. information. Mm -hmm. It doesn't actually help you steer the car down the road. The car's desperate to talk to you too. But it does a whole lot of stuff. It keeps us entertained mm -hmm. and the dual climate control and the massaging seats and all this stuff. There's so much more going on. But I do think that has influenced over time. Huh. Huh. Just from the fictional, because that's what they're talking about is, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, did this all this overload of information. That's what they wanted Kit to be is just mm -hmm. so much more information. There's a QWERTY keyboard in there and all this stuff. <laughs> but I will ruin it for you and tell you that, um, <clears throat> again, since you asked, later on in the show, Morgan Fairchild pulled up next to him in a McLaren 720. That's right. Winner. If you haven't heard this name, she is a soap opera star and movie star from the 70s. Yeah, she was, yeah. And I looked her up. She she looked airbrushed. She she looked like the photo you would see totally on a <laughs> you know, magazine cover or something. I, whoa. And so, you know, they had their Morgan Fairchild 80s, 70s moment and There you go. Perfect. cheesed it up even more and that was that. But, That's impressive. You know, I was proud to see my my school in there. It's very funny. Evan wrote in on Instagram. Uh, by the way, Evan, how's Spot doing? Evan won Spot the Mini. Oh, yeah, yeah, He wrote yeah. in and said, is uh, Season 5, Episode 1, that was the middles. Is it going to rerun at any point on the Motor Trend Cable Channel? Brief uh, side note again, uh, we are on the Motor Trend Cable Channel that is formerly Velocity. We are not on the Motor Trend app because Motor Trend doesn't own the show, which is why it winds up on Amazon Prime, and the circle of life continues. Yes, episode one will rerun in about six weeks when we get back through the circuit. We'll run uh, seven weeks of content, and then we'll have episode one. We'll be back again. We'll keep you informed on this podcast when it runs. Right around the time that it reruns, it should also be available on Amazon Prime, but I wanted to clarify that. A couple of you asked that, so I thought I'd speak to you, Evan. 
Matty OC on Instagram says, how do we get Instagrammers to stop creating video stories while driving? Car oh, people should give the example. Oh, man. I don't have a good answer. I mean, polite comments, I guess. Please, please stop. Genuinely, please works. stop. <laughs> I, I doubt it will. Getting all angry oh, and man. mad on there isn't going to work either. I I wish there would be, uh, I guess, uh, somebody writing in the car community, writing an article and publishing it on a non-automotive site where it's just general news, just yeah. imploring, stop stop doing this. This but is horrible. Putting our phones down is the plague right now. And honestly, I think the car people are the most aware that it's a problem. Yeah, I we agree got to It's everybody else that it's an issue. That. So that's an issue as well. Let's get so many good questions, but I'm going to run to Adams because I'm still debating this. Do you see Adams on Twitter? Mm, if yes. we lived in a high traffic area, L.A. or New York, now what I read into that is stop and go. Okay. Gridlock is what I read into that. Yep. What car would we own as our vehicle to commute in? <laughs> I like this because I've, I've said many times that how much I love my Lotus Elise. I, I love it. I, every time I drive it, I'm... A, Reminded almost again how awesome it is. Yeah. And I drive it a lot. Yeah. It's summertime driving it all the time. However, that car does not like to sit still. True. Because True. of the radiators in the front and its size and all of that, it needs air flowing over it. Otherwise, you just watch the temperature climb. If you have the air conditioner on, it's just going to get hot. So right there, forget the fact that it's tiny and it's difficult to see out of and people don't see it even in yellow and I practically need flags on the corners and, by the way, it's a stick shift. Forget all that for a second. The car just doesn't even like to sit mm-hmm. with the sure, engine running. Sure, So I wouldn't drive that car if I was sitting in stop-and-go traffic all the time. But it is still me. <laughs> I do still like small sports cars. And okay. I think there's, there's, a, there's a range of cars here depending upon the budget. You haven't mentioned budget, Adam. You're just kind of throwing it out in general. I think when, you, when we, as people, think commute car, we think cheap little Oconobox. But I think what can I really enjoy driving if tra- traffic opens up but is going to be a nice place to sit that mm. is an automatic. Okay. Mm, Base Cayman. Really? The base came. I don't need all the power. Okay. The Cayman has a a fighter bubble cockpit, really good visibility. Auto DCT, great. Sure. PDK, yes. Sorry, sorry, yes, PDK. It feels luxurious to just sit in. It does, it does. Because I could go Alpha 4C, but Alpha 4C I don't think is far enough into the this is a nice place to be category. Hmm. The Alpha 4C is better than the Elise, but I would would go uh, base Cayman. Now that's obviously are we at price point that high? Don't know. I would also personally would actually commute in the 86 with the auto. Would you? I would. Would you? I would. I was, interestingly, even though I have a PDK Cayman, mm-hmm. at least the one in my car in the GTS is tuned because it doesn't like to do the stop and go thing. Oh, it clunks and it yeah. lurches. It's obviously designed for high speed input mm-hmm. and, you know, throttle and moving up through the gears. I was thinking more along the lines of, um, the automatic transition transmissions that pretend they're DCTs, sure, yeah, yeah, that are still automatics and do the automatic thing mm-hmm. really well, like the Quadrifoglio, yeah, like the brand new BMW 3 Series, yeah, they're great. Those cars mm-hmm. is kind of where my headspace is at, to be honest. I also thought of in this category a, a current gen BMW 2 Series, but the 228, the mm-hmm. small engine for mm-hmm. gas mileage with that eight-speed auto. Nice place to be, has decent dynamics if the road opens up, but you're just going to get good gas mileage and sit in a place that's nice. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Any other questions you've got on here? 
There are quite a few. I'm yeah, not sure which uh, all of them are going to handle. Um, there's, you know what? Brief uh, throw my dad under the bus question right here. Uh, Motor Trend Sound MT Sound wrote in on Instagram. Uh, why do automakers put carpet on the floor mats of cars? Everyone buys rubber mats to put over them anyway. A lot of us do, especially if we live in weather. Now, here in, in the Salt Lake area, we can't get rubber mats fast enough. Right. In right. Southern California, who cares? It's got <laughs> carpet on it. Who cares? But then you could be my father, who I'm not kidding. I, I still don't understand this. Every time I get in one of his cars, I marvel. I, just, I sit there in stunned silence. <laughs> okay. He buys carpet scraps. I mean, house carpet scraps. Like what? the big, you haven't seen this, the big what? high pile carpet. Yeah, like and house he will, carpet. He will cut a piece. That is roughly the shape of the floor mat actual carpet from the OEM, like the floor mat from the from the manufacturer. Oh. He will use that as as a frame, as, and he will trace that with a piece of high pile house carpet that is a similar color, and that's what's in the floorboard of his car. I I don't even know what to do and with he, that right he now. He didn't do this since he retired, by the way. This has happened for as long as I can remember. I, I where do I file that in my but head? It's, but it's never. But here's the thing. The color is never quite right because how do you <laughs> get a house not. carpet color to match your car interior? You it's never don't. quite right. So, oh. so you haven't seen empty sound. You haven't seen floor carpet in a car until you've seen one of my father's cars. I'm just saying. But boy, the sound deadening. Man, is it quiet. Yes, but we're not driving fast either, so we don't, don't have yeah, – separate thing, separate thing. He'll yeah. actually be here this weekend, and I'm excited to see him. But what will be funny is at some point my dad and I will take the obligatory – please don't get me wrong. I like this. He will want to go for a ride in my Lotus. Which will be cool. Yeah. But what it's like, it's like I could watch it filling the tank. <laughs> he climbs in. We'll go somewhere. There won't be that – it's not like a big drive. We'll go somewhere and get like you know dinner. Sure. And when they get home, he's good. He's 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 good. He's fine. Really? He's he's fine. His he's tank he, is he's full. almost fine Got after it. I've done the on ramp. <laughs> he's almost good then. He's almost like, you know what? That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, last question from me from Alton Dyer on Facebook, who sees a lot more motors with smaller displacement and turbos. He's asking, he's just moved to the desert as a matter of fact, does the air conditioner sap these smaller motors of performance or efficiency? Yes, we don't, you know, it depends on the car. It's hard to say what percentage of the motor is sapped. But the good news is, if you've got a turbo, you're not going to feel it quite as much. Maybe you would up a hill, and maybe if you're on track with something, you leave yeah, the air yeah. conditioner off. But these days, the turbos are going to overcome it. And in a modern car, you're not even going to feel it. Honestly, it's going to be just fine. Turbos nowadays, remember back in the 80s, you had to leave the turbo on to get the bearings cooled off. And, yep, yep. you know, yep. before you shut the engine off, we're way past that. <laughs> you had to not be on boost for the last few blocks. Yeah. Just, just cool off. Cool not it cook down. your turbos. Yeah. We're past Remember that turbo point. timers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> remember turbo timers? You, oh, yeah. This is how long your car stayed running after you turned it off so that the turbo could just have a minute to breathe? No longer. Modern yeah. technology yeah. has well erase that and so from a a power sapping part the turbo is adding that back in so i you have nothing to be concerned about whatever car you're looking at i'd say you're probably right on buy that car and uh like i said keep writing to us with your questions really For appreciate sure, yeah. it and we're definitely looking forward to next time cheers everyone